0: Off the ball rugby. He does look the part. You know, he's a brilliant rugby player. He's got all the skills, takes all the boxes for me. I think Leinster are a club that do that particularly well. They look after young guys. Join in the obsession. Subscribe now at offtheball.com forward slash join. Off the ball breakfast.
1: Ireland's Sports Breakfast Show.
2: Right, 14 minutes past nine to the big story of the weekend, and that is uh, Katie Taylor's victory against Chantal Cameron at the Three Arena on Saturday evening. Phil Egan is here with us to give us some analysis. Um, uh, I actually didn't see the odds beforehand, but I presume she wasn't. I, I don't know. She wasn't a massive underdog, but she would have been an underdog.
1: Yeah, underdog walking to the ring first for the first time in her professional career. And yeah, it all just seemed to play into her hands in terms of the fights even beforehand. Gary Coley was on the last card in May when he lost. Um, you know, he won. Then, even his post fight interview, he's there saying, "Let's raise the roof now for Katie Taylor. This is her her night now." And then Katie walks out. the The ring walk is a bit shorter than a good bit shorter than than in May, obviously. And um, yeah, she just looked so much better. Emma Brennan was in this very seat on Thursday with us, and he said after being at the the public workouts on Wednesday. He now thinks he thought that Katie Taylor was gonna win. He said she just looks different this time around. And you could actually see even when she got into the ring and they squared off that physically she just looked in better shape than she was. Like, you know, you have six months that she was stepping up and weight for the first time um in the, the first fight. Look, she had stepped up and weight before, but you know, you have six months to kinda of condition yourself to do it again. And um what's interesting is she said she barely watched the first fight back. She only watched a little bit of it, and again, that goes back to you, Owen. we in the at the Champions Cup launch, talking to Gary Ringrose about how he has watched back the Ireland New Zealand game, and we kind of spoke to Keith Ward about that last week about how it's important to learn from your mistakes. But obviously, she is able to say to her team, "You can look back at that. Do this for me. Do this for me." Like yeah. it's too too painful to watch. Um,
2: and when you think about it, there's actually some precedent in her career for what's happened here. A massive emotional letdown, a period of retrenchment and then a surge forward in recovery. You think about the Olympics and and all the pressure and the devastation that there was there and a sense that maybe that was the end of everything. Um, But for, you know, sliding into Eddie Hearn's DMs, going, hang on a second, I I'm actually might be interested in rekindling my career as a professional. What do you think? Uh, And that leads to everything that has come subsequently. Um, there was a significant difference in the in the pre-fight build up and the handling mm. which now respectively makes a lot of sense
1: yeah well she did say last week she said I just want to fight I'm kind of you know all the talking is done and I just wonder then if Crow Park happens then that becomes a new story of now you you know you've had your two fights in Dublin but this is the third fight this is the big one this is Crow Park is she going to have to do more media or do do her team say look Let's try and keep her out of the limelight. We like her. It's Katie Taylor. Katie Taylor doesn't need sound bites to sell a fight.
2: No. At the same time, it's a big owl stadium. If you are doing a stadium fight, that there yeah. will definitely be a promotional tour. Maybe it's a promotional tour three months in advance. Mm.
0: I don't know. She's just present as well. She doesn't need to resort to anything. She never has when no. it comes to like throwing out verbal barbs here and there. She just maybe needs to. There will need to be a presence on the back pages more regularly to, to sell that stadium out.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And maybe Jers idea is the way to approach it, where you do it so far out that then, you know, she retreats into her training camp and then it's all business and yeah. let her do what she does best. And I think just, yeah, I thought that was a more definitive decision than the first fight. I watched the first fight back last week, which is always a good thing because... It's six months after the event and all the emotion has gone out of it. So I've watched back Saturday's fight. I watched it back again yesterday and, you know, it's still quite raw but you have to try and detach yourself from what went on and I just felt watching the fight on Saturday at the halfway stage. So two of the judges have a 3-2 up. One has 4-1. So the, the judge that gave it a 98-92 and a lot of people scoffed at that card but you know, you could have made a case for a 97-93 win on the, the cards for, for Katie Taylor. I think the first round is Cameron's round. I think it's a knockdown. I mean it's not a it's not a, a punch that hurt Katie Taylor, but she was just retreating and she was a little bit off balance. But if you were put to the ground because of a punch, that's a knockdown.
2: Yeah. What what was it if it wasn't a knockdown? Like what what did the referee seem to think it was? It's
1: like a slipper a, a, a Tangle of the feet sometimes your feet can get caught. Look, like two orthodox fighters, it's not as uh as common as it would be, say, if you were fighting a, a Southpaw or whatever. But yeah, and look, if you look back at it, their feet, are very close to each other. The ref, you know, yeah, could have seen something. What happened at Goodison Park? A ref thought he saw something yesterday, yeah, with, with feet. And uh, then when you look at the replay, you're like, oh, maybe something different did happen. But split second. The ref decided it was a slip because, as I said, she was retreating. It wasn't a punch that that hurt her. But it was a significant jab, which Cameron didn't land those. And halfway through the fight, so I suppose the difference watching the, the fight back is you can kind of maybe take more heed of what's been said in the corners. And Jamie Moore and Chantel Cameron's corner knew at the halfway stage, like, you know, this isn't going well. Um, you need to start getting the jab going because that was her success in the first fight, but right. Katie Taylor just was able to keep her at arm 's length and you know she was more in the center of the ring as well. she just looked stronger, she looked stronger this time around, even I thought um you know when they squared off at the the start of the fight, you know you kind of thought okay there's there 's not as big a difference in size as as we think there is.
2: Yeah, there was still a difference. Uh, oh, absolutely. And I think, in a way, that is why it's such an incredible story. It's like you're fighting the bigger fighter who now has the confidence of having beaten you the first mm. time. Um, so, you know, when you're when you're trying to put some context on this in
1: terms of great Irish fights, like, it is right there. Yeah, right? it's unbelievable. And some of the, the action, the seventh round, when they stood toe-to-toe, the eighth round was the way Cameron wanted a fight where she completely roughed up Katie Taylor. She landed uppercuts. The uppercut yeah. was a very successful punch in the first fight. She couldn't really get it going. What Katie Taylor did very well on Saturday was she got her combos off, their eye-catching combos, and then she was able to get in and hold. And the referee would break them up, but at no point did he warn Katie Taylor for holding. You could see it was frustrating, Chantal Cameron. Her corner said to her at one stage, look, you stop looking at the ref. We are the ones that are going to shout at the ref and you could hear them shouting throughout the fight about holding um, but I said that was a, a tactic that worked for for Katie Taylor. Um anytime there was a trade off with the two of them Katie Taylor's quick hands were the ones that caught the eye. Um you know they, they got the crowd cheering as well so all that played in and I kind of felt said at the halfway stage I kind of was leaning towards Katie Taylor as a 4-1 advantage and just navigate the the final five rounds win win a couple of rounds and you have this
0: fight She looked fitter or she looked managed she managed to stay the course a lot longer as a result of the the tactical approach she mentioned there
1: Big time yeah she didn't get caught on the ropes there was one or two stages during the fight where she was in on the ropes but she slipped out of it whereas in the first fight there was times like Chantal Cameron's brilliant at closing the ring off and um, but at stages in the fight on Saturday, she's closing the ring off, but she's putting so much energy into that. Then by the time she actually gets to Katie Taylor, Katie Taylor's there to land the first punch. So, um, yeah, I, I yeah, she, the, as I said the eighth round took a lot out of Katie Taylor. And Ross Anime in the corner says, after, is like, you know, don't let her back into this fight. Like, this is your night. And then Taylor responds in true Katie Taylor fashion. And you know, you could arguably be, have given her the the last two rounds, but um, yeah, it was just it was it was brilliant. You know, a lot of people have talked about her age, thirty seven, five years older than Chantelle Cameron, but all that kind of all that talk kind of went out the window then after the fight.
2: Yeah, I don't mind if she retires, rides off into the sunset after a victory like this. It, hmm. It's uh, because boxing is so brutal and the damage is so you know difficult to overcome and so long term. Um, I was kind of in the Minority thinking that there's a possibility it might happen. Like I don't think she will, but because she was so definitive in the immediate aftermath, she wants Croke Park.
1: Yeah, she wants um, the trilogy. But if the trilogy just doesn't happen, then you've got Amanda Serrano, who obviously has been on the phone to or on social media to Eddie Earns, saying straight away, straight away. Like, yeah. but that's the beauty of sport when you put yourself in when you win you know like it opens the door 2024 looks a lot brighter now for Katie Taylor look if she didn't win on Saturday there was still options there's always going to be options because people want to fight Katie Taylor they know if you're in the ring with Katie Taylor people are watching her fight she she sells the fights but now she gets the pick now to be honest I'd say it doesn't matter who she gets she'll fight whoever it is she just wants that fight in Crow Park
2: What would you do? What's the ideal scenario here? Um, is, there a, is there a make-weight fight that isn't at Chantal Cameron's that isn't for the belts that's just a, a trilogy and that uh, is slightly more advantageous for Katie Taylor down a few pounds?
1: No, I I think they'll go at the same weight um, like, It's just interesting to listening to her talk about when you lose a fight you don't want to talk too much about what went wrong in terms of the build up and all but you know you can now address that after the second fight when you've won just to say that she didn't feel at her best going into the first fight and she said it in the ring after that she knowing that she wasn't anywhere near her best she still put up good showing in the the first fight I said watching it back last week the first fight was a lot closer on the cards for me than Saturday nights was and Katie Taylor was obviously on the, the wrong side of it. but So it, it wasn't as dominant a performance. I think people were just surprised to see Katie Taylor beaten. And maybe they thought, like, you know, if she's beaten, that's probably that. Like, But, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into a fight. Like most fighters carry certain injuries into fights. But if you can go into a fight feeling close to your full fitness, then your confidence is through the roof. Um, Taylor beat Serrano in a
2: split decision in Madison Square Garden that time. Yeah. Uh, Would that be a better fight at her preferred weight to take in Croke Park and then do the trilogy after that? Because irrespective of whether or not you beat um, Serrano, you still have the Cameron belts for after that to fight for. So you give yourself an insurance policy. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's that's up to Katie Taylor and, and her team. They could fight Serrano at 140 if they want. Obviously, Serrano has fought at several different weights, so it wouldn't be an issue for her. Um, so it's up to Katie Taylor. Maybe Katie Taylor thinks, do you know what? I, I might fancy it at 140. It means I don't have to shed the extra five, like you know? But regardless of it, who it is, if it's Serrano or or Chantelle Cameron, it's still going to be a tight fight. Like, it's one of those 50-50s. Yeah. Um, Which is brilliant for the sport because, you know, Katie Taylor would be well within her rights to pick handy fights, but she doesn't do it. And that's what we love about her. That, you know, here she is, 37 years of age, and you could just see what that fight and that win meant to her on on Saturday night. So, you can put the feet up now for, for Chris to spend a bit of time with her family and then, look forward to 2024 what's realistic in terms of the number of fights that she has left in her career how many times would she want to fight in 2024 at least she'd want two or three could that be it then it could be I, I suppose how things go will define that decision but like Katie Taylor like her
2: life is boxing. See, I and I, I heard, I definitely have heard that conversation be made, but like, um, that's what we know. She's very private mm. in, in most aspects of her life, so maybe she's got like loads of other hobbies. Maybe she's a painter, or a, you she's know, a good
1: footballer as well. You know. Um,
2: uh, so, I, like, I, I, you hope that there's enough in whatever comes after her boxing career to give her fulfilment, and that she started to uh, begin to think about life after boxing because it's going to happen at some point. Um, but if it was a farewell fight, it might help to sell Croke Park in some ways. You know, this is going to be literally your last ever chance to see this icon of Irish sport in the flesh fighting and they're doing it. That's
1: another one. Yeah, I, I I, think I think the fact that it's Katie Taylor and Croke Park, you don't even need that. I just think it's your this is your chance to see Katie Taylor at Croke Park. And it's as Eddie Hearn said on Saturday after the fight it makes things a bit more accessible for more fans to get there because you don't have to pay the higher prices you would have had to pay to go on Saturday night. And it's an event. You think of the the events that have been held at Crow Park, apart from GAA matches, that people in Ireland like to go to events. So there will be an attraction there for people who never have gone to boxing before, the fact that it's Katie Taylor at Crow Park. So... I don't. I don't think you need to say this is the the farewell fight. I don't think we'll ever get that with Katie Taylor in terms of before a fight where she'll say this is my last one. Yeah, I don't think she'll do that. Okay.
2: Uh, again, in terms of say you were, um, you say you're Brian Peters. What's the best course here? What's the the most, um, the safest course? Because there's nothing safe. But what's the the least risky course?
1: Well, I I don't think I say if if you're fighting Serrano or Chantel Cameron, they're like both are really tough fights and you know they're they're both equally as risky. Um I suppose the difference with the Katie Taylor Chantel Cameron the, the possibility of a trilogy. So what can Cameron learn from what happened on Saturday night? Katie learned a lot from the first fight, her team obviously. Went back and looked and said, "This is what we have to change. We have to take Cameron's jab out of it. You know, we have to meet her in the center of the ring, but at the same time, you know, just take a step back after landing shots and don't get caught up against the ropes." So what will Chantel Cameron's corner or team take out of Saturday night? What will they be able to learn from? Um, sometimes it is easier to make adjustments after losing a fight. Yeah, where you know, if you win, you kind of think, "Why well, change the formula?" And that's the way they went into the the fight on Saturday. But they, and they probably and Chantelle Cameron had promised a better performance because she wasn't carrying any injuries going into the fight. But Katie Taylor was just better than her on the night. But again, they could fight in a month's time, and Cameron could be better. That's how close they are. The styles will always um, make it a great fight. Serrano, that, yeah,
2: that's why you'll sell tickets to it as well.
1: Serrano's style as well, being a southpaw. Um, you know, that fight in Madison Square Garden was unbelievable last year. Like those two fights, the the fight on Saturday night and the Serrano fight last year, are like two of the best fights you'll see. So it doesn't matter who it is. And then now we, you know, we have a bit of an Irish scene going on. Paddy Donovan won again. I mean, Andy Lee's been talking about him since he, he took him on saying this lad is a serious talent and he showed that on on Saturday night. And if it is Crow Park, you you know you can bring in an international flavour to it as well. Who wouldn't want to fight in Crow Park? Some of the best, like so, the undercard could be good as well. Absolutely. Well, I think you have to do that as well. Obviously, there will be an Irish flavour to it, but you can attract you could attract a big international fight on that as well, maybe as a co-main event. But um, yeah, I, I I said, look, things are certainly look a lot brighter after Saturday night for Katie Taylor. Um, Look, regardless of what happened, I don't think that would have been her last, her last fight. And but now, it definitely isn't. It yeah. definitely isn't. And anyone that doubted Katie Taylor because of her age and the fact that she was beaten, I mean, like
2: I think that I, I think I definitely had those doubts. Just because when you see sports people lose a sense of invincibility when when a team gets caught at the end of mm. a, a run, you are like, well, it's very difficult for them to go back and find the source of inspiration that they had in the first place, and they're fighting somebody younger, bigger, you're not supposed to be able to come back from that. And that's why it's even better, I think. think Yeah, absolutely. I definitely had those doubts.
1: No, I I, I get that, but I I suppose what I mean, it, it wasn't like Manny Pacquiao destroying Oscar De La Hoya when you knew watching that fight, you're like, this is the end for Oscar. Like, it, it wasn't like that. It was a really close fight. I think we were all just a bit taken aback by the fact that Katie Taylor lost and the way it was done. But actually, as I said, when you kind of just took the emotion out of it, take a, like, take a few months and then watch the fight back, it was a close fight that, you know, a few other rounds went. Like, one One judge scored the, the first fight as a draw. The other two gave it by one round. That's how close it was. Right. And that's what Katie said, that, you know, she that's just pl- to transform two or three rounds. The best version of Katie turns up and then in her own eyes yeah. she knew she could win. And that's what she said on Saturday after the fight. And she she said, ship the punishment. But like, um, less less punishment.
2: What impact do you think the uh, clash of heads had?
1: Um, I don't think it had... Like, Chantel Cameron is an unbelievable fighter and I don't think it had any impact on her. It didn't affect her confidence or anything like that. Um, You know, it was just an injury that you you pick up but the blood obviously was coming down but it wasn't just above her eye so it wasn't going to mess with her view or her her vision or anything like that so I don't think it had any impact obviously she lost blood but these people that they have working on the cuts are so good that they can can, um, stem that
0: What do you think Katie Taylor was reading during the week or listening to during the week that allowed her to form this view that she was written off because she certainly didn't do as much media as she used to. I kind of get the sense that she's often quite closed off from what's being said on the outside. But clearly, she was letting something dribble in—something that would suggest that she was being written off—which she as motivation.
1: Yeah, I, but I think you when you if you lose, that's your motivation anyway to to avenge yeah. that defeat. I don't know. Like, does she sit down going through all the papers, saying, "This, you know, they've written me off. They've written me off. They think I'm going to lose." I don't know. You'd have to ask her that. I'm sure. Um, I don't know if, if she would give you an answer on that, but I know like she was quite vocal after the fight saying, I can't believe people had written me off, and you know she made a lot of people look quite foolish on Saturday night when she turned up, and you know she was back to the Katie Taylor that we're used to seeing, and we didn't get to see in, in May, and look, other factors as well. now you didn't have people talking about your homecoming because that was done. Yeah, and, and look, I, it, it obviously took its toll all that, like the homecoming, your first professional fight in, yeah, in Dublin. And
2: Should have taken an easy first professional fight in Dublin maybe, like yeah, but a, a tomato can, but as you say, she yeah, doesn't do it. She
1: doesn't do that and yeah. you know that's why Katie Taylor will be talked about for years to come in in, in boxing, like for what she's done to get the boxing, uh, women's boxing to the Olympics and now, you know, she is just put women's boxing, professional boxing on the map and look, who thought, like, when she got in touch with Eddie Hearn after the Olympics that it would go this well? Um, you know, I certainly didn't. I knew that it was going to be interesting to see how she'd adapt to the professional boxing because what you saw in certain parts of the fight on... on um, on Saturday night is something you just wouldn't see in amateur boxing where it's all about scoring punches and there's very little of that physical. Well, like, it's obviously physical, but as I said, like, the eighth round in particular where Chantelle Cameron's, you know, got her shoulders in Katie Taylor's oh, face and it's yeah. just...
2: She was starting to use that properly yeah. from her perspective. Yeah, and
1: think back to the Pursuan fight, that kind of stuff, like, where... Yeah. That, that was the worry, like, could Katie Taylor, you know... Translate what she did in the amateurs into professional boxing, and she has done that because when you have the hand speed and and all that, just it's 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 unbelievable to watch.
0: Off the ball, breakfast, Ireland sports breakfast show.